listening to the Post Buzzer Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Dyer, here again. And on this April 21st episode of the Post Buzzer Podcast, we're going ha- to be joined by Chris Marshall again as we talk about the NBA playoffs and who we think will come out of the Eastern Conference and represent that conference in the finals. And this is a reminder that the Student Spin Podcast is a sister media to the Six Mile Post newspaper at Georgia Highlands College in Rome, Georgia. The views in this podcast do not represent those of the Six Mile Post or Georgia Highlands College. You can find us on the Six Mile Post website or wherever you listen to your podcasts. How are you doing today, Chris? I'm pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. How about you? I'm doing pretty good myself. I got to watch a whole lot of NBA action over the past week with the playoffs starting. Yeah, the I say like I said last time, the Warriors kind of are doing as I expected in their series, two up right now, or on the Nuggets. They're if you watched last game, they actually had the Nuggets arguing with each other. Like literally I think one of Demarcus Cousins got ejected and their bench was just fighting going back and forth with each other. So yeah, they my Warriors are doing me proud right now, so I'm happy with them. Which yeah, I expected them to do that to the Nuggets because Aside from Jokic, the Nuggets, really. Yeah, they got, I mean, Jokic, based off who's in the MVP conversation, it to me it's between Jokic and Giannis. But that Nuggets team with their two main other guys other than Jokic injured, being uh, Jamal Murray, he's still sidelined, uh, probably be back next season. Uh, and then Michael uh, Porter Jr., he's still out. I forget what his injury was, but he's at least out currently. Yeah, it's, it's just not the same team without two other big-time scorers on that team. And now looking over at the East, we actually have conflicting yes. who's going to win the East, which I say the Celtics are going to wind up winning. Uh, I can see the Celtics going to the conference finals. I, I, I definitely can see that, but coming out the East, I still I still got to give it to my Bucks. I just got to give it to that experience, the – Giannis playoff mode uh, and that whole team kind of coming up when it really matters playoff wise like Drew Holiday uh, Bobby Portis Brooke Lopez the whole just gang when it comes playoff time they're just a whole nother type of team and seeing my stance with the Celtics is going to be I love defense when it comes to playoffs and I do think this, the Celtics and the Bucks are the two best defensive teams in at least the East, they might be the best say, de- defensive team in the, the, East, in the NBA. <laughs> uh, like aside from, you know, the Warriors, I think the Warriors in the West have the best defense in their bracket. I might yeah. give it in the West to uh, the Jazz and or the Grizzlies because both of those teams, they definitely play a specific type of defense. Like if you bring up the Warriors, your main focal point for defense would be Draymond Green, obviously. Draymond Green yeah. and Klay Thompson, both great defensive guys. Even Klay Thompson coming off injury, still a pretty decent defender. And the rest of them, they're just, they go at it on the defensive end. Uh, with the Jazz, you got Rudy Gobert, who, not in my, de- uh, or in my opinion, a defensive player of the year type guy, because you typically can't switch him onto one through five, like you can Draymond or some of your other guys. Yeah. But definitely a change in the game and how you play the game, because in the paint, he's just changes how offenses run. Like you can't, you don't go in the paint typically if Gobert's down there. You make a defensive scheme or offensive scheme based off that. 
Right. So like that's definitely something. And then you have the Grizzlies, where you got John Morant, who's a young guy, who's a great athlete, and he's putting up pretty great defensive stat lines just against his current team, right? Or with the current playoff series they're having right now with the Timberwolves, where I think I saw a stat earlier today. And he's holding guys as his primary, where he's the primary defender, they're shooting like five for 14 or four for 14 or something like that, which is 30%, which is pretty good for a guy who's also a big focal point on the offensive end as well, which you don't typically see much of anymore in today's game. Right. But not nah, in the West, you probably have it bow down to four teams. That would be the best. The East, you could argue Bucks, Celtics, maybe the 76ers to a certain degree on that defensive end. Right. Uh, but no, I, the Bucks, they see like the Celtics, I'll give you, they do have that defense because they obviously Marcus Smart just won his defensive player of the year. First guard to win it since Gary Payton. Great player, great, like just, he knows what he's there to do and he makes his shots and he plays defense and that's it. He's, a, he's just one of those guys. But I just... I don't know if I can put your other two guys, like your offensive focal points, which would be Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. I can't see them winning four games in a seven-game series against Giannis, who, if he got matched up against Tatum, probably would be a pretty fairly even matchup because Giannis has got that length and that defensive ability to guard Tatum in that terrible right. situation. Kevin Durant and the current series at the Celtics ran versus the Nets, now they surprised me. I think they've only played one game. Yeah, they play again or not. Now, or Tatum had that buzzer, buzzer beater layup. Yeah. Uh, now, the thing with that game is the Nets were down big. They were down like 20 points at one point in the time, but yet they still came back and brought it within two points, basically. Gotcha. So like at that point, your defense clearly can't hold up too, too well against two superstars and Kevin Durant or a whole team barrage if they're all playing. Like Kyrie obviously went off that game for 38 points on. Uh, good shooting wise, but Kevin Durant had a little bit of an off game. But I don't, I don't see Kevin Durant having many off games to that type of situation. It's just right. not who he is. If they beat the Nuts, I to a certain degree will be surprised. Not in the fact that the Celtics are bad, but I'm gonna go with kind of superstar power being Kyrie, uh, Kevin Durant. Uh, Blake Griffin, like just those guys that have that playoff experience, that have that age, that have that offensive and to somewhat defensive capability to where I just don't think the Celtics are going to be able to hold them in a seven-game series. Like we've only saw one game. Like I said, the Celtics were up 20 points over them and the Nets still brought it back within two and they just barely won. And that's with Jason Tatum going off and them playing great defense. That's just how that game went. Right, and I mean, it's been fun to watch that matchup of Marcus Smart and Kyrie Irving with each other. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because like, you got, like I was saying, you got Marcus Smart who's just a dog when it comes to the defensive-wise, and, like, he just doesn't care. He will sacrifice his body to make a play on the ball. And you have Kyrie Irving, who's just, the, like a better word, like a wizard with the ball, and just how he can create his own offense, how he can score, and just, just about everything with it. So it's kind of been, it's, it's been interesting, definitely. And now the thing is going to be with the Celtics and the Bucks, given the seeding that they're in, they're going to wind up playing each other in the second round instead of the conference finals. Yeah, that's actually what I was trying and, to look at real quick. Yeah, so if... And that's going to suck for that not to be 
the conference the finals because that's the two best teams in the oh, East yeah. right now to me. I would say Atlanta, like another team I was hoping might do a little bit better. I I still have hope, but I just don't see them winning their series would be Atlanta, just because I stay true to my, my Georgia team, my Atlanta team. Uh, Trey Young just hasn't had his best type of nights the past two games, and I kind of expect that. And Jimmy Butler went off for 45 points in the last game, which I don't see him doing consistently. But I'm hoping that series goes seven games because I feel like that could still be a pretty interesting series just between the two. Right. And then you got, like you said, you have Milwaukee most likely coming out of their series versus Chicago. Might go seven games between the two. Might not. Just depends. Uh, And then depending on who wins the Boston versus Brooklyn series, we'll go up against whoever wins Milwaukee versus Chicago. If it is Boston versus Milwaukee, I think that's definitely going to be an interesting semifinals. Probably one of the most interesting semifinals we've seen in a minute. Yeah. Just because, like you were saying, they are, and we'll agree on that regard, just the two best teams. And whoever wins that will probably be a seven-game series that just is tooth and nail between both ends. I, I can see that one definitely going seven games without a doubt. Right, and they'll wind up going to the conference finals, probably against either the 76ers or, or the Heat. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Toronto, because they're, they're the fifth seed for a reason. Like, they, they played well, and they have played well this season. But I wouldn't be surprised fully if uh, – the Toronto Raptors made a little bit more of a show in the next few games for them, being that Doc Rivers kind of has a history of uh, blowing 2-0 leads. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't be fully surprised. I, I don't think Toronto will win the series just because based off how it's going so far, especially Toronto just hasn't played the best. But I, def- I can see it getting a lot more interesting for them, definitely. And I mean, again, I think we both agree that that gap between the Celtics and the Bucks really isn't that big either. No, like, like I think they're pretty close teams when it does come to looking at them as a whole. Yeah, I think if you kind of stack them up, player for player, like position for position, you get very similar outcomes as far as position wise. Like if you look at, we'll just match them up real quick. You got point guard for each. You got Marcus Smart. On the Celtics, who I believe is running point guard right now. Yeah, and then you have and then you have Drew Holiday. Then you have Drew Holiday. Bucks. Their skill sets pretty much the exact same. They're yeah, not they're typically both of them are defensive minded. Exactly, they're not typically your go to scoring options. Now they can score, they but they can hit shots. Drew Holiday probably a little bit more so offensive capable than Marcus Smart, but they're both like you were saying, mostly defensive minded players and or assist guys like they want to get their guys going and then just play defense which is fine that's yeah that's who they are that's how they were got their money then you look at shooting guard you got what goes up but anyway shooting guard for Celtics would be Jalen Brown and on the Bucks it's either uh, Chris Middleton we're gonna say it's Chris Middleton because I believe that's about right and in that matchup I want to give it probably to Chris Middleton just based off experience and just age and all around per se awards because Jalen Brown great player great guy he's just not very consistent usually yeah and that's probably his biggest flaw is like he can put up a great show can put up great numbers it's just not a very consistent in a a seven game series he's going to have four good games out of it exactly 
but uh, Chris Middleton, I, I would definitely give the edge just because he is a definitely more consistent. Like it definitely gave you twenty points, twenty five points a game, consistent shooting. He's the second scoring option, definitely. Right. And then you look up your per se focal point on offense for both teams, which would be Giannis, and then you obviously have Jason Tatum on the Celtics. And if you look at that matchup, Celtics, like Jason Tatum can't guard Giannis. Yeah. Whereas Giannis... Or Jason Tatum's going to be too small to guard Exactly. Giannis. He just doesn't have that full strength and that size to guard Giannis. So that's no flack to him. He's not the best defender, but he's not the worst either. Like, that's just... It won't be very easy for him. And then Giannis, on the other hand, guarding uh, Jason Tatum, probably relatively capable. Not... Tatum's right, very... Because he has athleticism to exactly. guard the perimeter with Jason Tatum. Exactly. And, and he has the size to guard him. Exactly. Like, Jason Tatum's definitely creative with the ball offensively, but I just don't know if that's going to come down to it to a guy who has won Defensive Player of the Year, who has or was in the running for Defensive Player of the Year this year even. Like, I just don't know if that's going to be the same type of situation when it comes to that. And see, I think the place that the Celtics are going to have to win this series is going to be that matchup between Chris Middleton and Jalen Brown because Jason Tatum isn't going to be able to have a whole lot of offense going with Giannis. I agree. To be honest, and I know Giannis is going to have a big series that series oh, yeah. too because the Celtics lack a true big man inside. Exactly. I would give the actual main like situation I'm looking for on that game to like see where it really comes into play is going to be your actual uh, your bench guys, your role players. Right. Because I would probably give it to the Celtics that they're definitely have better role players off coming off the bench, or at least they know what their job is. They play well together. They're all like they're a unit. They work as a whole, and they play well together off the bench. And I think that's what separates kind of this Celtics team from last year's. I would, I would probably do that. Yeah, they have become much more team-oriented. Yes. Like, last year you had, uh, I believe you had Kimbo. We had Kimbo last year on the Celtics. And Kimbo was a great player, just didn't mesh very well with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Mark Smart, the whole gang. So I would... They've done well not having, per se, a scoring point guard. And that's probably for the reason that their two guys, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum have taken over that role. So, yeah, I would say that it's definitely benefited them. Again, I'm just looking at the Celtics defensive-wise. Giannis can't do everything for the Bucks on offense. And I'm worried about the Bucks' offense when it comes to... I think it's going to take a little bit of strategy just on the coaches' end, which is where I think they've lost a kind of... We'll see how it plays out just coach scheme-wise. But, like... It just depends on, like I said, the role players, I think, coming into play, like including Chris Middleton in that regard, just showing up, hitting the shots they're supposed to, making their own offense even, to where it's not all on Giannis to do. And if they do that, this Bucks team will easily be in the finals and potentially even win it all again this year. Right. Because they're not a very different team from what they were last year. Giannis has actually improved his jump shot even compared to last year, which is what everybody was saying. If he gets that, then he's going to be unstoppable. And he already was pretty much unstoppable before then. Right. So now that she's adding a jump shot and a pull-up jump shot at that, not even a catch-and-shoot, 
once again, that comes more consistent. His team's hitting their shots. The coach is learning and going with it. This team, I definitely could see going conference finals, winning it, and winning it all, actually. And, yeah, see, Giannis, I think I'd be more worried about him developing his three-point shot and actually having one if he wasn't a team player. So you'll have some guys that'll go, and once they develop that three-point shot, we'll just start shooting threes like crazy. But I think Giannis has that type of mentality of, well, if it's not if I if it's not open, I'm not gonna shoot it. Oh yeah, like not to bring any sh- uh, shake to anybody's name, but Anthony Davis is one kind of that comes to mind when on that narrative. Yeah. That like I believe I talked about last time. Uh, in the bubble, in the NBA bubble, when they canceled the season, they brought it back down in Disney World or Disneyland. He got a jump shot. He actually became a pretty decent shooter down there. But since then, and this season as well, he's had the worst three-point percentage ever. Like, yeah, ever attempted, he had the worst. Yeah. Uh, with the least attempting, I believe it was 100 shots. And it's like right at 17%, which is crazy at that point why are you really shooting them (laughs) and it wasn't that like it was like a heave at the shot clock or whatever it was like that was he was taking those shots and he was just missing them right at that point the man doesn't average many assists which isn't like I'm not saying you have to to be a team player but you just don't take a shot if you know you can't hit it or you haven't been hitting consistently Right. Not to say that you shouldn't shoot your shot and some of that. I get that. But if you're 0 for 5 on a game uh, beyond the beyond the three-point line, go in, try to shoot a mid-range, go into the post, do a post fadeaway, just do something to get you hot before you just keep chucking up threes, especially when that's not your game. Like Steph Curry, yeah. Damian Lillard, like these guards, I can kind of agree maybe if you're 0 for 5, maybe shoot another three to try and get you going because eventually one will knock down because that's just who you are. Like Steph Curry this season shot the worst from three and from field goal he's ever shot, including his rookie season ever. And that's fine because in the moments when it mattered and in the clutch, he shot pretty effectively. He shot very efficiently. And he did have spurts where he was just chucking up shots. A lot of that was just due to the fact he was trying to break the three-point record, I think and get that title right but that's like even with doing that he still shot better than most and even if you look at his career wise he's still up like 47 field goal percent shooter for a career 42 or 43 from three like the guy's still a marksman no matter what you look at so he just had an off season even in comparison right and so and I think we can both agree that that Celtics Bucks series is probably going to wind up going to seven games oh without without a doubt like i'd be surprised if it went to anything less that's going to be my playoff series that's going to like probably be the best one to me so that one given who's in the finals and how it plays out that one could be the best series that playoffs produces uh i could probably give you that although one i might just kind of argue with a little bit on that would be in the West, which would be uh, my Warriors going up against the Suns, which I believe they're matched up currently to go in the conference finals, assuming they win. Yeah. Uh, if that happens, I, I could definitely see that game or that series going and being pretty interesting as well. Just because Chris Paul, Steph Curry, 
I'm assuming they respect each other, but like they've had series before where they're taunting each other and it's just fun to watch. Like it truly is just a great series to watch. So that's just something I, I can kind of get behind. Not to mention, anytime Steph Curry has played Chris Paul in the finals, Chris Paul loses. Like that's just that he loses that series yeah. because unfortunately sometimes it's just do better team wise or it's just due to better individual performances. It's just how that works for him. Tori, yeah, I think he's the player version of Doc Rivers. Kind of, yeah. A little bit, <laughs> a little bit. Like, no disrespect. Great player, one of the greatest point guards of all time. Just he doesn't have the reputation in the playoffs to always get the job done. Like yeah. it was last year was his first time making it past the semifinals, even I think. And he made it all the way. He made it all the way to the finals pretty easily. But you also had a lot of injuries kind of derail some teams and how they played, which obviously injuries are part of the game. You just suck it up and you deal with it. But you always can obviously wonder that what if they weren't injured, what would happen? Yeah. Like, I'm sure a lot of people with, like, LeBron would say, well, if Kyrie and Kevin Love didn't get injured in that first Warriors versus Cavs matchup back in 2014-2015 Cavs might have won that series might have won that finals and they very well might have they were all clicking they were doing well whereas the same thing could be argued for the Warriors in their 2016 where Curry got injured in that earlier in that playoff series wasn't quite the same guy Draymond got uh, too many technicals and couldn't play a game Andrew Bogut got injured like you, there's just all like it's a part of it so you just don't make excuses you just say hey you got us we'll be back next year you yeah. just gotta keep that mentality I think that'll do it yes sir <laughs> yes sir alright well hope to see you back next week oh I'm sure you will see you guys later on the post closer podcast yeah.